Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. What's going on? It's Dukes and Bell on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It's Friday. Mm. We start off every day and every hour by saying, hey, hey man. Lots going on as we were talking with Andy and Randy. Um, I think, Mike, the, the big thing as we watch the final week of the NFL season, we will be down at uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium uh, on Sunday. We want to see our Falcons win. Listen, yesterday, if you missed it, Rick Stroud said, Tom Brady's going to play. I don't believe it. But he said Tom yeah. Brady wants to play. These guys want to play. There will be some guys like Vita Vey and some other guys they may hold out. But at the end of the day, if you're going to this game on Sunday, you're going, well, is, v- is Brady going to play? It sounds like he's going to play. Yeah, I just don't know who he's throwing to because why would you risk Mike Evans and Chris Godwin in a game that doesn't matter? Now, look, I want to get the best of the best of the best. Sir! sir. But, you know, I just I, – I don't – if you're a Bucks fan, I'm just purely looking at it logically. There's no reason for the starters to play. No. Um, I don't know what the crowd's going to be like. I, I was really impressed. I was just – for New Year's Day, I was impressed there were at least 40,000 diehards that were there. You know what I mean? And those guys were making some noise, and it was, it was great to see because, you know, we know where we're at. But this one is the last, potentially last game of Brady's career. Who knows? Rick Stroud also thinks Brady's going to probably play somewhere else too. Yeah, I, I just don't think he's going to retire. I think that all had to yep. do with his wife, uh, ex-wife, and all that stuff. Um, the big news, guys, is the NFL approves a plan for a possible neutral site. And and this all gets back to they are not going to make up this game between the Bills and the Bengals, which then creates a bunch of scenarios. And, and Mike, the interesting thing is you're trying to be as fair as possible. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you can be. So the competition committee, and you guys know, you know, uh, Rich is on it. We've talked to Rich about this for many, many years, about how they go about their business. But you try to come up with these scenarios, Mike, that work. So let's just talk about a few of these things. Going into week 18, if Buffalo and Kansas City both win or tie, and yes, that could happen, a Bills-Chiefs championship game will be at a neutral site. Those sites are, as of what we know right now, Minnesota, Detroit, Miami, New Orleans, Atlanta, and New York. They could all potentially host the AFC championship game. If Buffalo and Kansas City both lose and Baltimore wins or ties, a Bills-Chiefs championship game will be played at a neutral site. If the Bills and Chiefs both lose and Cincinnati wins this weekend, a Bills or Bengals versus Chiefs championship game will be played at a neutral site. 
more than likely this thing is going to be played at a neutral site. And, you know, we've said it a lot this week. You know, the Mahomes, look, are you telling me the Chiefs can't go on the road? I don't know what the Chiefs are, you know, unless these are the greatest sandbagging collection of athletes because they just kind of hang around with lesser opponents and they look kind of lackluster and they turn the ball over and all of a sudden they win. They don't cover the spread very well, but they win. Can they do that on the road this year? Because, as you guys well know, well-documented, Mahomes has never won outside of Arrowhead. And then Buffalo, we've said it too. They're the guys, you know, again, we we know about the human cost. We know, obviously, about uh, DeMar Hamlin. But still, this was the year, Carl, where they were earmarked to go do everything in Buffalo. Anyone would have to go see them. And now this year they won't get that option either. So, I don't know, man. It's like King Solomon, right, splitting the baby. Nobody seems to be happy with these options. No. I mean, and here's the thing. It's not us, but what if it was us? What if it was the Falcons in this position, and now you've worked all year, you've won all these games, and we had to go to, oh, I don't know, Minnesota to play the championship game. I don't know if I'd like that at all as a fan, and I just think this cheats the fans of not only Buffalo, Kansas City, Cincinnati, because this is what you're looking at. But, Mike, this I do think is the fairest way to do it under these circumstances because you're going to give somebody an unfair advantage that maybe didn't earn it. What if, just for argument's sake, that everybody in the top, all the top three seeds lose? Can we still get some home field advantage for that? Because, you know, stranger things have happened. You know, Cincinnati won at home and then won two games on the road, including Tennessee, and then obviously the big one in Arrowhead. It, it sucks, but the, the big – and the good news is, and we'll talk more about Tamar Hamlin, he is off the breathing tube, and he was able to go on face, uh, FaceTime with his uh, Bills teammates today too. Yeah, I was telling Chris and Bo, um, my dad was on a breathing tube. And if you've had to experience this, it's awful. You have to be able to breathe on your own before they are willing to try to even attempt to do this. Now, this young man's 24 years old. But, Mike, I was saying for him to come off of this and to do what he's doing right now, listen, I'm going to take a leap of faith here and say he's going to be okay. Everything is pointing to the right direction. It may be a slow process. I'm not telling he's going to play football anytime soon. Mm. But as far as him being able to maybe function and be normal, Mike, he's going to be okay. He's off the breathing tube and, right. and doing things that we didn't expect four days later. Right. So it's an incredible story, man. But, yeah, absolutely we'll talk more about that. Your thoughts on this with the NFL. They approve plans for possible neutral site AFC championship game. 404-741-0929. It's our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line. And I got to tell you this too, Mike, on the side sidebar. The betting angle on this. Right. Home field always gets that advantage. That's three points. You're going to have a neutral site game between, I don't know, Buffalo, Kansas City, Cincinnati. It doesn't matter. That will play a huge role on this as well. Yeah, I I know that uh, you looked at other options. I still thought, and I I guess it was just too too much of just overturning the apple cart to have the Bengals – and the Bills make that game up while you put the AFC playoffs on pause in the NFC wild card window. That was the option you and I discussed yesterday at length of the four options that were available. That was the one that I, I kind of liked the most, but they're going to go with this. And again, as you said, Goodell will determine the site. At the time of the stoppage, guys, and this goes back to Monday night, Bengals were leading that game 7-3. So the NFL, we now know, we're not playing that game. So Buffalo entered week 17 tied with Kansas City. And this is how they come about with this this angle of we need neutral sites and this is the best option. Um, But that's going into week 17. We are about to be at week 18 tomorrow or Saturday or Sunday, should I say. And at that point, you know, that was the best record for the AFC. But the head-to-head, they held the tiebreaker. And this is what Mike has been saying all week about you play these games during the regular season. I I, I beat you. Mm -hmm. Therefore, I should have the advantage. But the NFL is not seeing it that way under these circumstances. So Cincinnati, 
at the time, entering week 17, trailed both teams by one game, which is why that game was so big on Monday night. And then you look at it, if both teams, you know, there was a three-way tiebreaker, um, then that would have gone to the Bills. The Bengals are now, by the way, the AFC North champs. So that has also been determined with this ruling by the NFL's competition committee. Right. And the uh, closest to them also, you know, with that, even with if they lost the Ravens, you know, as you said, 10 and 6, they could have hoped win a game, win out, get Lamar Jackson back, et cetera. But the Bengals were crowned that division champ. It's, it, it, look, nobody's satisfied with this outcome, to be honest with you. And it, it, unless, of course, we get a chance to watch them play a football here in Atlanta. Well, be, that would be so. No, be. we're not talking. We're playing in front of fans, right? We're Absolutely. saying neutral side. It's not gonna be an empty stadium like no. COVID stuff. That's I, I. You know what? I'm not sure how they price it, but I'd be up for that. No, I absolutely would, because you're gonna get a great game. Right? You're gonna get a great game. So we are on the uh, the list. It doesn't mean we'll get it, but there are only a few cities that they said, okay, where can we go and, and do this? And these are the cities they came up with. They have not announced if and when that will happen as far as what city will get it. 404-741-0929. Follow Mike. He's Mike Bell, A-T-L. I'm at Put Him Up, see Dukes, this radio show. Dukes and Bell, 929. Follow the radio station, guys, at 929 The Game. Stay up on everything that's going on. Chuck Smith's going to join us here in 10 minutes. We're going to break down Tampa and the Falcons. Now, last time we played, it seems like forever ago. We felt like Tampa's personnel was going to have an advantage. And, Mike, that was a a weird, wacky game. You guys remember Brady gets fined by the NFL Mm -hmm. for kicking Grady and the refs had a bad call. It was a wacky game. Yeah, we could have had a chance to go down. Again, much like the New Orleans game, if Drake London doesn't fumble, you know, there's a lot of variables. You still have to go, we just still have to go down the field and score, but we would have been getting the punt from the Bucs on that play. It was a decisive third down sack of Tom Brady, which then results in the ridiculous roughing the passer, which the, look, if nothing else, the entire league had our back. All the fans around the league thought it was a BS call. All the talking heads on NFL Network and, you know, everybody else, ESPN. Doesn't matter. <laughs> so now we got a chance to, for if you guys believe in some form of momentum for the second half, see, that's where it's tough. I understand the fans out there that say, look, we're kind of locked in between 6 and 10. Give me the best available draft position possible. Yeah. Because the roster is going to be so turned over from this year also. There's really It's not like when Dan Reeves took over in 97, the team went 7-9, and nine, had some big wins in the second half of the season. And, Carl, that was momentum that get traction for the next season, 14-2. and two. This roster is going to look nothing like this roster next year. There'll be a lot of big pieces moved off. Yeah, and, you know, we thought we had traction when we were coming off of the Super Bowl year, right? In 17, we had a really good team. Sometimes it matters, Mike. I don't know. Sometimes it doesn't. You're right, though. This team's going to look different. In many areas, like, uh, and here's the, the big thing, guys, we don't know. And Mike and I haven't really talked about that this, this, this week. Is Dean Pease going to come back? He has said that he's going to talk with his wife about whether he's going to return. I think it's a, a conversation that a lot of coaches, mm-hmm. especially at his age, you start to have. Now, remember, he had retired, and then Coach Art called him, and he was like, come on. And he's like, all right, I'll come back out of retirement. Right. And because they have such a great relationship. The reason why I think this is important is if you got a new defensive coordinator, we're doing some different things. It also means do these pieces work that we have, Mike? You start to look at personnel maybe a little bit differently. I just – I don't know. I, I'm looking at this and I'm going, I'm hoping Dean Pease decides to come back. Mm-hmm. It's the easy thing for us, but it may not be the best thing for him. And it is a big decision, and I'm hoping he, he figures it out sooner than later. But mm-hmm. I'm not going to dismiss that as if, okay, Coach Art and, and you know Terry Fontenot are going to go find another D.C. D- D- that is able to do what Dean Pease has been able to do because we keep waiting for this personnel to get better. Well, two things. Uh, there's us and the uh, Packers, the two teams that are running this kind of defense. So if you're going to raid somebody, a coach, an assistant from the Packers, I mean, that, if you're looking for somebody, is there somebody in the building that they feel comfortable with? But only a couple of teams are doing what we're doing defensively. 
Coming up, Chuck Smith's going to join us. Some of these guys will play. Some of them won't. But we got to talk about our offensive line. McGarry, good, not so much. Jake Matthews, good, not so much. What are they going to do in the last game against one of the better defensive lines in the NFL? Chuck Smith's coming up on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It is Dukes and Bell. Happy Friday, everybody. Uh, Chuck Smith's here to chop it up with us as he does. And uh, we're going to talk about Falcons and Buccaneers. I also want to get Chuck's thoughts on on the national championship game, which will happen on Monday. And uh, he'll be back on Tuesday with us as uh, we debrief about the end of the season. Chuck, uh, I want to start with, you know, when you're evaluating these offensive line, I know Mike and I do it differently than necessarily how the coaches or pro football talk or who anybody else that might evaluate these guys. Um, but I don't think it's hard when you see a guy struggle. And there have been times this year where we've seen, you know, McGarry struggle. But I got to tell you, Jake Matthews is another guy. And, you know, I don't know if that's a function of the guy next to him. And how important is that when you have a guy next to you that you can trust on that offensive line? Well, first and foremost, an offensive line has to work as one. As far as positioning, they really have to be on the same page because the center, he's communicating all the calls to everyone else. And it's so vital that they know each other, how they work in synergy together. Because when you think about Caleb McGarry and you think about some of the other guys, just, just there's certain calls and there's a certain uniqueness why offensive linemen they're so close. That's Listen, the offensive line unit is usually the closest group on the football team. And I think from a communication standpoint, it'd be disappointing to think that they're not able to communicate, in my opinion, because they're veterans. You know, Lindstrom, McGarry, and when you think about them, all these guys in that line, Dalman, they've been together. So communication, they, they have to have that down pack, especially in this last game. But it is vital for, for the Falcons, and particularly because this is a three of the guys we just talked about are first-rounders. And that's just very important as they work as one and continue to grow. And hopefully this last game, it'll show up. We've been talking about it all week in the last three weeks. This is our last chance to see what Desmond Ritter can do. Uh, do you like what you've seen? I know we, we touched on this on Tuesday, but no interceptions. Yeah. Now, I know fans want to see touchdowns, and I think some of that's a byproduct of who he's throwing to, and they're not exactly the best out there either. But do you like it? Are you comfortable with him battling with maybe a, a guy like a Jacoby Brissett or any kind of backup, uh, kind of a perennial backup next year when you start camp? <laughs> Jacoby Brissett? I'm just throwing a name out there. Or, uh, you know, or a, or a Andy Dalton or a lesser value. Andy Dalton, is that all we got to pick from? Man, see, to me, that's the lesser than the – those guys are proving that they're career backups. And Desmond Ritter, we got to see that he has the potential to be a starter that can lead the team to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Now, right now, isn't throwing for a touchdown. And I've hear, heard us, we're all kind of making excuses, especially you, Mike. Well, he doesn't throw interceptions. Is that what I'm looking for? Oh, he's functional. We've had that, you know. And if we wanted that, you still would have had Matt Ryan. But we got I, – I would like to see him, you know, number one, I want to see him use his legs more. He, to me, when I watched him at Cincinnati, he was able to run. And in this NFL, you've got to be able to use your legs to, to, move to move the change. Think about Josh Allen. He runs so much. Patrick Mahomes also run. We're not looking for Lamar Jackson, but I'd like to see that. And also I'd like to see 
some explosive plays, some more explosive plays from him with his arm, having a good grasp of the offense, a full read of the field, and making more plays. But right now the jury's out. Because if you're going next year's season, you're starting a new quarterback. He's from he's fresh. So this these past four games, you're seeing a little bit, but are you ready to say next year he's going to lead us to an NFC South championship? You can't say that because mm-hmm. he's a new Jack. And right now we have a new quarterback. And going into next year, there's going to be that's going to be the number one question this offseason. Is our quarterback good enough right now? Because this is the win now business for the Falcons. But how can you, know, you tell? But, but how can you tell in four games? You really can't. I mean, you can't tell in four games. That's just part of it. Because there's the highs and lows of a season, the adjustments that have to be made, how people play against him, and how he handles the offense. You can't. There's no way. I, I just don't believe that you can make that judgment right now. And that is the biggest storyline going into next year. Is this our quarterback of the future? Chuck, you know, the Bucks have had their struggles up and down. Sunday, Falcons, Bucks, right here on Sports Radio 92.9. The game as the regular season wraps up. But when I look at their personnel, they got a championship caliber defense, right? Vita Vea, Devin White, Levante David, Winfield. I mean, I'm looking at these guys and I'm going, okay, I know these guys can play. So why is it that they haven't? Is it just been injuries that they haven't played up to their caliber this season? What is it about this Bucks defense, or has it just been the fact that the offense hasn't scored enough points? Well, very shocking that they haven't been able to stop the run. This team's not stopping the run, and you just talked about Vita Vey, former pro bowler. You look at some of the other guys they have on that D-line and then the linebacker court, you talked about big-name players. But you can be big-name, and if you're not playing well, you're just like anyone else. So I think from that standpoint, those guys aren't performing up to what their names are right now. Because every week teams go against Tampa and you're naming those big names, you're like, oh, man, that's a killer defense to go against. But they haven't been that kind of defense that's productive stopping the run or putting enough pressure on a quarterback. But you make a good point. The offense, they're not getting big leads. They're mainly coming from behind. Mm. So just like the Falcons, one of the challenges when you're rushing the passer or being able to tee off on people is you'd like to have some big leads. That's why you watch you watch uh, Kansas City. Those guys, that defense is just okay. But when you're playing up and you're playing with the lead, you can open up the defense more. I think they're, the challenge they've had, the offense has been average or below average. So they're playing, they're, they're always playing with house money, you know, and from that standpoint. I know we've been evaluating the young rookies this year, but, I mean, you're pretty hard on Ritter, Chuck. So what's about uh, Evan Cady? Has uh, AK, has Arnold oh, Evan Cady popped oh, this no. year? Because I got to go draft more defensive ends next year, it looks like. All right, Mike, you doing me like the people on Twitter do you. Don't be putting words <laughs> in my mouth. I ain't just beat up Desmond Ritter. I just said what is a fact that, look, Mike, you know, don't be trying to turn me into you, Mike. But, but you know, Eva Katie, Malone, Lorenzo Carter, I will just say this, even Grady, when you're on a team that runs the ball and you control the ball for the entire game, the other team, especially when you don't score like the Falcons have lately, teams just don't have to throw the ball. Teams are going to run against the Falcons and they're going to get a chance to throw when they want. But from a development standpoint, there is, you know, Arnold Eva Katie, the second half of the season, he obviously hadn't had the season. Of course, he wouldn't. 
you know, he got a little nicked up. Malone doesn't really, to me, play enough to truly have that kind of impact. But there is something to be said about the development. I spoke weeks ago about the development going to come from the D-line coach and the outside linebacker coaches, which we always talk about the head coach, Coach Smith, when it comes to the team's pass rush, that the responsibility comes on those assistant coaches. Now, from what I have seen and watched, the skill level is not there. It's not there. They're in development. They're work in progress. So am I, do I think Evocati won't be a great rusher? Uh, no, I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is sometimes it takes years. So for every Aiden Hutchinson or James Houston, those two guys up that way, for somebody, Carl, uh, Carl Loftus from Kansas City, it takes time. Everybody in develop the same. And it's hard, guys. It takes – you're going against big boys. You're going against pros. So I think moving forward, the key for Evocati is develop a signature move. I like to see him use his spin. He can spin. I like to see him work on his angles, his approach to the offensive linemen. I like to see Malone continue to be and then become a speed rusher. I'm not sure if Lorenzo Carter was his status, but I would still like to see him in this game use some techniques. He's got great, you know, uh, athletic ability, but you've got to develop moves. Every one of the guys I just named have moves. The top guys use moves in the game. So the days of, yeah, well, let's just get them off the spot. Well, let's just get pressure. I don't want to hear that. To guarantee your success, you got to get them to the ground. So moving forward, another question will be the developer, Arnold Evocati. And I'm hoping to get back in the lab with Arnold, maybe get in there with Malone, but definitely with Arnold Evocati because I've worked with him. His, his potential is through the roof. He's a guy with the kind of skill that can be – he can be a, a six- to ten-sack guy, no question. But I think moving forward, there it's going to be an important offseason for him and Malone to continue to develop a move or two that when they got to get a sack, that's the one the fans are saying, well, we know what Evocati's going to do. We know what Malone's going to do because that's what they always do and they have success. I want to mention this because, uh, you know, when we, when he was here, we thought maybe some people thought it might have been a fluke. You guys realize Foyer Lewican is leading the league in, sac- uh, in d- defensive tackles? 171 tackles. <laughs> when he was here and led this team, now we didn't yeah. have the money to pay him, right? We mm-hmm. just we, we couldn't do it. But, yeah. but a lot of people said, oh, well, I don't know if he's that good. He's going down to Jacksonville with the resurgence of what has happened with that team. They're playing in a playoff game this weekend against the Titans. Winner is the division champ. Foyer Lewican, Chuck, 171 tackles. He's got more tackles than, than anybody else right now in the league. He's a – listen, he is a tackling machine. He is a leader. And when you look back at letting him go, you'd like to have kept him because he's a baller and he gets it done. And we got him where I don't think he was even getting close to his true potential. Mm. Now you put him down there with a gang of – great players that he has on that D-line, or at least let's just say functional good players that play well in the defense. He's also benefited from playing with an offense now that's rolling. He's playing with a gang of defensive guys, Josh Allen, you know, the, the pass rusher. You can name, you know, several guys down there, Roy Robertson. They're ballers. When he was with the Falcons, he didn't have the group that Jacksonville has. And I'm not making an excuse for, you know, from the standpoint of him leaving the Falcons, mm-hmm. making that excuse. But 
there's something that be said about having a veteran led personnel to help you. Yeah. And that is the great challenge for Falcon players. The personnel not there. So it does give Dean P some li- limitations what he has, but give the kid credit. He's one of the best linebackers in the NFL right now. I mean, I like Foyer. I mean, tackles for loss, though, game difference maker. I know you develop a guy out of the sixth round, you'd like to keep him, but, you know, there, there's a price and there's a number you just couldn't hit. We were, we were hamstrung, Carl. You know the drill. Yeah. I, I, listen, I don't think they overpaid. I'm just saying from a production standpoint, he's doing exactly what he did here, which is not a fluke. Um, it is interesting. Chuck, we got to get out of here, man. Appreciate you as always. Looking forward to talking with you next okay, week guys. as we get the offseason started and talking about where this team and direction and all those things. Get us out of here, man. All right, fellas, live life every day like it's third and eight. Let's go, dogs. Win that chip. Yeah, let's hope so. Monday night, guys, dogs and frogs coming up. Georgia legend and now a Bulldog radio analyst. Eric Zier is going to join us next on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Headlines brought to you by our friends at ATL Live Well. Low testosterone doesn't have to keep you down. Call ATL Live Well. Don't just live. Live well. Our next guest, Georgia legend. He held all the records, guys, prior to David Green getting there. And listen, this guy could flat out play. And now he is a dog radio analyst. Eric Zier joining us here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. And Eric, it's a pleasure to have you on, man. Playing for another chip. It's a privilege. It's an honor. I know these guys realize where they're at. But I got to tell you, I'm a little concerned 
with what I now know about TCU. And I want to start there with what do you think about this TCU team? Well, first of all, guys, appreciate being on and, and happy new year to you both. Love listening to you. Um, listen, this TCU team is, is legitimate. They are uh, stacked up with athletes. They've, of course, got a quarterback that uh, was a Heisman finalist. They've got skilled guys that, that could hurt you. But, uh, you know, they, they are a team that plays with a tremendous amount of confidence, uh, a tremendous amount of, of grit. They have got belief in one another and themselves. And uh, th- this is not the day and age where you don't have to be a great football team uh, to, to get into the spot where you, you have the national attention on you. You have to earn it through winning football games. And, uh, boy, week in and week out, that's exactly what they go do. And uh, they've got a chip on their shoulder, and, and they, they play like it. And they are just unrelenting in their belief that they can win football games. And they've shown it time and time again. And, and make no mistake, they, they belong here. Um, I don't care what the point spread is. I don't care what all the national rhetoric is. Uh, this is a dangerous football team that can beat anybody that they play. And, Eric, how, how difficult is it because the Darnell Washington aspect of that offense and the 12 personnel using the two tight ends that usually creates all those mismatches? Is, is that kind of why we're discombobulated for, for Stetson Bennett and some of the game on uh, Saturday? Listen, it, it, it makes a difference. I mean, it, it is. When you look at this this Georgia offense, everything really revolves around those two tight ends. And, and listen, we, we've got a, a another great tight end in the wings and uh, in terms of Oscar Delp is going to come in and, and get meaningful snaps. He did uh, last week against Ohio State, but, but but nobody is Darnell Washington. The way the difference he makes in the run game, what he can do in the, the pass game with the mismatches that he creates, and this offense really revolves around around that, that piece of it. Now, I think we've got enough playmakers and enough weapons uh, to to go make to go make plays and still create the mismatches that we want, but it's minimized uh, to to some extent, no question. With with Darnell not being at a hundred percent, and uh, so yeah, that that will that will make a a difference. Other guys are going to have to go step up. Other guys can step up. Uh, we've obviously got a quarterback ourselves that that, that can uh, that has been in the big moment and he shines brightest in in those big time moments. Uh, so we've got playmakers that, that we're going to have to adjust a little bit. But when you've got an offense that really relies on uh, getting 12 personnel on the field, creating matchup problems, play action, our ability to block in the run game uh, because of those tight ends, when you start to take some of that away, uh, boy, it, it makes a difference. And I, I think, Mike, when you look at this this entire Georgia team, we've had we, – everybody gets banged up, so everybody has got injuries. But – when you think about no Nolan Smith, no Chaz Chambliss, you got guys on the offensive side that have been banged up and and, and beat up. Um, it's a it's a different football team than we saw against Oregon to open up the season, and something that 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 we have to contend with and have been continued con, contending with uh, as we've been battling through just the rigors of a season. Eric, you play quarterback. Should dog fans be even concerned with that thirty minutes of? the national semifinal game where it seemed like, you know, Stetson wasn't Stetson and he couldn't find it. We know he turned it on and made those clutch plays, but how did you view that time period? And then Kirby after the game saying, Hey, he's got to play within the system. Yeah, it's, listen, I, I think if there's the first, I, I want to start by, by saying this Stetson, his story is remarkable. The way he plays is remarkable. Uh, it is you know, for for myself, for all Georgia fans. I, I don't think there needs to be any concern 
with who's leading this football team. I mean, he has taken us to the top of the mountain. He's got us back there. Uh, if, if he's not going to go down as the greatest quarterback in Georgia history, he's going to be one of two or three guys that are, that are looked at uh, in terms of the greatest to, to play. So we've got the, guy, the right guy running. If there's one thing that, that you ever get concerned about with Stetson, right? for a long time he had this, this perception that he was a game manager. He has never been a game manager. Stetson Bennett is a gunslinger, and if there's anything that ever gets uh, gets in his way, it's it's when he starts stepping outside of the offense, forcing the issue a little bit, um, and that's when mistakes have have occurred. When you go back and just look at the course of his career, um, I, 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 the same thing really holds true. Where you get a little bit out of sync, and then all of a sudden, a few of the forces come. I, I think if if there's anything that you worry about is is does he fall back into that gunslinging mentality and doesn't let all his playmakers around him go make go make plays? I think he got that out of out of his system. I think the dogs, especially with this defensive look that we're gonna that we're gonna see, it's a three three five look. It's not a, a traditional kind of look. It, it leads you to want to be able to run the football. I think it's going to be a different game plan for the dogs coming in, a one that. Uh, will really force and, and drive steps into within staying within the offense. So I expect uh, I expect his great play to continue. And in the little laps that we saw against Ohio State, I, I think I, I think you put that in the rearview mirror. I think we're going to see Stetson that we've seen the vast majority of this year, going back into the playoffs of last year, where he just plays at an elite level. It is a legendary Georgia quarterback, Eric Zier, now broadcaster with us. I do remember Ray Goff ever saying, he's got to play within the game and stop freelancing. We were just surprised the comments <laughs> that they made, that Kirby made after the game. Hey, Eric, on the other side of the ball, they're not getting the pressure with the down lineman. And, I mean, is it so dangerous against this a TCU team to be maybe having to blitz as much as you did against the Buckeyes? Uh, you know, listen, I, I, I think I, I've got a little different different view of this. I mean, obviously, we've, we've seen some chinks in the armor. Um, uh, against this this Georgia secondary, against this Georgia defense, and in the past couple of games, I, I think it's important to keep in mind that you know we're, we're playing against elite talent. The, those guys are really good on the other side of the ball. It'd be no different with with TCU that can attack in a number of different ways with with elite athletes. Uh, so those guys are are there because they're good as as well. But no doubt, some some chinks in the armor. I I think for the for the dogs because of. The, the nicks and the bruises and the, the the guys that we've got banged up, the I, I think it's really imperative that if if we take the blueprint that that the dogs showed against Tennessee and that they showed in the uh, in the fourth quarter against Ohio State, where we do trust in our in our secondary because we've got guys that can cover that that are good. I, I think the key for this defense is applying pressure, being able to contain with that pressure, and the best way to go do that is when you get aggressive. And, and you bring extra linebackers, you bring secondary. I think this Georgia defense plays at its best when it can line up in, in man-to-man, get a free safety back there that roams, do a little bit of zone blitz, but bring exotic pressures as much as you can to try to create confusion and wreak havoc. I think where we've struggled is, is when we sit and we try to go rush four and, and sit back in, in various zone looks and, and – uh, we, we've been we've been picked apart a little bit uh, when you look at that. I I really think that to, to go win today or go win this weekend, you've got to pin your ears back, trust in the talent that you have out there on the edges and in the secondary, and go bring pressure and take the fight to this TCU team. Because if you sit back uh, and and allow Duggan just to to, to have his way, you give him time to survey the field and give him time to pick places where he wants to run, and you, you've got 
great receivers on the outside. If you give those guys time to think, they are good enough to beat anybody. They've proven that. I think that we, we've been at our best when we apply pressure, and, and I would love to go see the, the dogs pin their ears back and just come time after time uh, in this national championship game. Eric, similar to what we saw with Tennessee and how they made Hendon Hooker very uncomfortable in that game? Uh, very similar to that. I, I would really take that that blueprint when when really no one thought that we were going to come in and, and apply that kind of pressure because of the success that Tennessee has had. It was the first time this year, really up until the fourth quarter of Ohio State, uh, that, that this dog, this version of the dog's defense played with a it, – it's not a reckless abandon because it's all calculated, but, but just, just brought pressure continuously through the game. And you do that through a variety of looks. It's not – I'm just lining up in the, the same look. You're mixing in zone blitzes and you're doing different things, but uh, very similar to that blueprint. And then what we did in the fourth quarter uh, against Ohio State, I, I think that is the that is the formula for this dog's defense, where they just excelled and played at a high level. Um, you're going to mix that up some, but I think it's got to be heavily tilted uh, towards the way we design defenses against Tennessee and in that fourth quarter against Ohio State. And I think it could be a fun afternoon. And then uh, Eric Zier joined us here, guys, running the football. I love Mac. I, I give Macintosh all the touches, but, again, they got so many weapons to spread it around. The bad news, losing Darnell Washington. The good news was Arian Smith and uh, Donnie Mitchell, all the wide receivers really seem to pop at the right time. Boy, there's no question about it. I, it's the, uh, you know, th- those two guys who have been banged up all year, right, and haven't been able to go contribute. We haven't been able to get the practice time. For, for those guys to get healthy, boy, did they ever get healthy at the at the right time. You've always known, we've known A.D. Mitchell from last year, the difference maker that he is. Um, and, and then you've got, you got Arian on the outside with his speed. Getting those guys back and, and at, at full speed, it changes the look around what we can do and what we want to go do, especially to, to, to stretch the field with Lad still, Lad McConkey still dealing through some knee pain and some knee issues. It's just imperative that those guys got back and, but they, they showed up at the at the biggest of times, and uh, they're going to continue just with another week of practice. I mean, they're going to they're really going to accelerate just with their with their return. So, still plenty of weapons on this on this Georgia offense. You, you talk about running the football. I think Kendall Milton is uh, he is peaking at the right time. He is playing his best football he's ever played since he's he's uh, donned a, a Georgia helmet. So he continues to play, uh, get better and better. Kenny McIntosh. Man, he he is a, he's another one of those just matchup nightmares where you can line him up anywhere and that he can beat you. Dejon Edwards uh, is a guy that since he's been on campus I've just loved. So weapons across the board for this for this Georgia offense is going to look and feel a little bit different for certain, uh, but still plenty of weapons uh, to go score every time you touch the football. How good does this feel for you? Third time in six years the dogs are playing for the national chip. Eric, you played with some dudes, right? Georgia has always seemingly had talent. But at this point, it seems like the page has been turned, and this is now the new expectation. How good does this feel for a guy like yourself? Yeah, it is. I, I'll tell you, it's, you know, once you've, and, and this, this goes for anybody that, that's ever played uh, for, the, for their school or if you played at the next level, I mean, you, you, you were part of the family forever. So, and, and you live right through the, through the success that the guys are, guys are, are having on the field at any given time. It is special. I mean, it is in uh, and, and knowing how hard every young man on this team has worked and the sacrifices that they give to see them, uh, to, to see them find this kind of success that they, that they earn every single day. 
Uh, it is, it's special to see. It is special to be a part of. It amplifies it just because, you know, for anybody that's ever been in the program, because you, you know exactly what, they're, what, what they go through, the pressures that they, that they have on them. Uh, so it is, it, it makes it special. I mean, it's, it's rarefied air that these guys have elevated themselves to the very few programs in the history of college sports have ever gotten to. Uh, and, and they are there and battling every single day. It makes you proud to be a, proud to be a bulldog. It makes you uh, excited as a, as a fan. Um, but it's, it's something that is very, very special because you're part of the family. It's a good time to be a dog, man. Eric, uh, it's good talking to you, man. Carl, I went out with him 21 years ago, and his wife never let us go out again. I, I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. <laughs> oh, that, that is so true, guys. And listen, it is, it is great talking to you. I, I think that we passed that time period. We could probably go back out again. All right. It'll be age-appropriate. It'll be happy hour. All right, Have a great time in Los Angeles, man. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Keep up the great work. Thank you. Eric Zier, great stuff from him. He's right about this pressure thing. And, and I bring up the Tennessee game, guys, because that's the example. They went after Hendon Hooker and did not give him the time right. to do anything. And remember, coming into that game, Jalen Wyatt was leading the country in every category, really limited him. You've got to do the same thing to Quentin Johnston this week. Duggan more savvy? I think so. Yeah. I do think so. Coming up, guys, we got to talk about what's going on with the NFL and what a miracle it is with what's going on with DeMar Hamlin. We'll talk about it coming up on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 